0: Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. We thank you for your mercy that is new for us every morning. We thank you that you are a God who speaks, and you are a God who's given us your word. We ask that you would open our hearts and our minds to you now and open your word to us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Well, as Trevor said, I am Sean Norris. I'm the ION campus pastor, for those of you who don't know. I haven't been over here in quite some time on a Sunday, so it's good to be here. Um, I also, Jake is over here, too. It's like the Ion, ION worship team came over today. We're glad to be with you guys. Um, Chris is over there preaching uh, at ION, so we swap places occasionally. Glad to be with you today. And uh, we are in our Death to Selfie series this Lent. And we're looking at the different isms that we, as people, often use to cope with our brokenness, to cope with the fact that we're out of control, and that the world around us is out of control. We don't like that reality. We can't really handle the thought that we are that far gone. So, like Rage Against the Machine in the early 90s, uh, we try to take the power back. Rage Against the Machine uh, was a band, for those of you who don't know, and uh, you can tell from their name that their genre was easy listening. Uh, So, (laughs) Rage Against the Machine. We we try to take the power back, and uh, we try to find ways to gain some kind of control on our situation. Because otherwise, if things really are as they seem, if it really is as bad as it seems, and as the Bible tells us it is, then that means uh, we can't change it. It was our call today that we have no power to save ourselves. We need then, if that's the case, uh, a savior. That our only hope is a savior. Someone to come from outside of our broken system to get us. And that frankly sounds horrible to us, if we're honest, which... Most of us aren't about this, but uh, it sounds bad because that means we have no other options than to wait, to wait for good news from outside, and that's a very uncomfortable feeling. Nobody likes waiting, right? Maybe you do. That's awesome. I'd love to talk to you after the service, Um, but uh, we don't like waiting. If I have to wait, then the pain, you know, the pain of Uh, My actual life might start to set in. I might actually have to feel some of my brokenness. I might actually have to feel the pain of my sin, of of your sin. And that sounds awful. So, uh, sorry, that's supposed to be funny, guys. But um, (laughs) anyhow, instead of waiting around for a savior, we instead of waiting around for a savior to come or for someone to come and preach good news to us we always turn to that same old answer, okay, and it's the thing that we turn to at the very beginning that started all the trouble in the first place, and that is this revelation. You know, I've got it. I'm going to try to control an uncontrollable situation. This is our solution. This is what we do as people. We've been doing it since the dawn of time, and uh, we try to take the power back, and it always ends up devolving into some sort of ism, okay. Our coping, our ways of coping, our ways of taking control turn into isms, We've heard about narcissism, we've heard about perfectionism, we're going to hear about consumerism, and today we're talking about escapism, escapism. Now you might be thinking, escapism doesn't sound like control, it sounds like checking out, you know, but it still is us trying to control our pain. Because we don't like, as we've heard, we don't like brokenness. We don't like the hurt and the pain in the world around us. We don't like the pain in ourselves. And we certainly don't want to feel the full weight of it. You know, we don't, don't want to feel. So we're going to do our best to try to control it by avoiding it. We're going to distract ourselves. We're going to escape. We want to numb out. Forget. You know, ignore. And so we cry out with another early 90s band, Uh, These were my formative teen years, okay? So that's why you're hearing about it. But uh, this time it's Nirvana. And we're screaming out, like Nirvana did, With the lights out, it's less dangerous. Here we are now, entertain us. You guys know this song. They're laughing at me. Those are the words. You never knew the words, right? Now you know. You never knew knew the words. That smells like teen spirit. You all have it, I know. Anyhow. Uh... We want to turn the lights out. With the lights out, it's less dangerous. Turn the lights out. I don't want to see the suffering and destruction going on. I don't want to feel it. So entertain me. Here we are now. Entertain us. Take my mind off of things. Make me happy. And escapism is nothing new. Okay, We saw this in our Old Testament passage today in Exodus. So to review, this is where we are. Okay? We've got Rage Against the Machine, Nirvana, in Exodus, all right? It all makes total sense. Um, the, Israelites, the Israelites were waiting in Exodus 32. They were waiting. They were waiting for Moses to come back down from the mountain where he was with the Lord, the actual Lord, okay? The Lord who had recently delivered them out of slavery in Egypt. The Lord who had brought the plagues upon all of Egypt and yet spared them, the Israelites. The Lord who had led them with a pillar of smoke by day and a pillar of fire by night. The Lord who had split the Red Sea so that they could walk across on dry land. The Lord who had swallowed up Pharaoh's armies and who had provided manna and quail for them to eat in the desert. That Lord, the only Lord, whose presence was now sitting there on the mountain, which they were camped right next to. This is who Moses was with, okay? And the Israelites were waiting. And they didn't like waiting. They started to get antsy. They started to get nervous. I don't know if you've ever had this experience. <laughs> you know, Just think Christmas morning. Remember when you were a child. You, know, you get very nervous. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get down there in time to open my presents. You know, we don't like to wait. <clears throat> the Israelites were feeling their lack of control. And you can hear it. They're saying, where's Moses? You know, we don't know if he's ever coming back. We don't like waiting around for him. And his God, you know, we don't need to get, or excuse me, we need to get control of the situation. You know, Moses, he might as well, he might be dead, we don't know. His God is is unpredictable. His God is uncontrollable. You can't even see him. You never even know what he's going to do. We can't be expected to wait around for him to lead us. So hey, Aaron, make us some gods that we can see. Make us some gods that will go before us. Make us some gods that we can control. Here we are now, entertain us. This is what we do. And what what happens when Aaron actually does this, okay? Aaron, Aaron makes them a god. He makes them a tiny, deaf, dumb, and controllable god. And what do they do? They eat and drink and they rise up to play. A.K.A. they numb out. They numb out and party. You know, this is what they think worship is. Think Burning Man or, uh, or Vegas. You know, that idea. It's just a drunken, drug-induced, kind of debaucherous fest. That's what happens here. And a side note, sin is never original, all right? It always ends up looking like the same old things. We just use new tools to do it. Sin is always the same. It just destroys. And today, our idols may not be golden calves. You know, we may not be sitting there worshiping golden calves, but that's just because we have more options today, right? We've got these shiny little objects that we can hold in our pockets at all times. And uh, this is actually full of distractions for me if I wanted at any moment, you know? I can just say, hey, Siri, show me cat videos. (laughs) Look. (laughs) Boom. Cat videos. We could just sit here and watch those the rest of the time. But that's the funny thing about our devices, all right? The funny thing about these devices is that they actually are the things we use to overwhelm ourselves first, OK? You know, these are the things that uh, where we hear the world's problems, and we see its brokenness, and we just we can't handle it. We try to numb, our, numb out. You know, every day it seems like something else pops up on my screen that's bad news, right? We've got shootings, plane crashes, uh, admissions scandals, political scandals, economic uncertainty, and not to mention my own personal relationships that have their own issues, right? You know, you know. I'm, I'm looking at Facebook and I see that party that Trevor threw that I was not invited to. <laughs> Sorry Trevor. <laughs> uh, it's actually not true. But, uh, or, you know, we, we get that email from that friend that we're kind of avoiding. You know, whatever it is, these, these devices we carry with us can be this constant stream of bad news, often. And I want to be clear that we actually cannot handle it, so I want you to hear that. We can't handle the amount of information coming at us at all times. We just can't. We can't process it, and it's coming out often in our ways of coping. The interesting thing about it, though, is as I just showed you, I can just say, you know what? I don't want to see any of this, let's watch some cat videos. The same device beke- becomes my escape device, you know? I can stream Netflix for days on this thing. Or you know, I can watch unboxing videos, have you guys seen these? So unboxing videos is this new thing I just learned about, it's probably very old, but anyhow, uh, literally people will take videos of themselves opening a box of something new that they have received in the mail, and then they will post it on YouTube. And hundreds of thousands of people will watch them unwrap their new thing. Talk about escaping. You know, I can't afford to buy something myself. You know, I want to buy something new, but I can't afford it right now. I know it'll make me feel better. I'll watch somebody else open up their new thing. You know, that sounds really good. Hey, Aaron, make us some gods that we can, cons- that we can see, you know. I could go on and on, and uh, I'm just going to go on a little bit longer. Uh, <laughs> The last thing I'll highlight is one of the things that's actually a little more seductive and actually a little bit more deceptive. And it's because it's connected with our productivity. This is one that we like. You know, something we highly value, actually, across the board in our culture. Everything else I've mentioned is pretty obvious. It's a distraction, you know, it's, it's basically entertainment. But what about work? You know, what about our schedules that are filled to the brim? Our calendars, where there's no room for anything else. What about the fact that we're so busy? And I'm telling you, as a pastor, my stuff's filled with all sorts of good things for Jesus that I could justify to you all day long. But it's still something that I struggle with compulsive busyness, filling my time. So I don't want to slow down. Seems good. And that's what all our idols start out as, most of them. They start out as something that's good, but then we turn them into something that we depend on. We turn them into something that helps us to cope, something that we use to manage the pain that helps us not have to wait on God. Staying busy can be a huge way to escape, you know? Oh, you want to get together and talk through something difficult with me? Uh, Something that's going on in your life? I wish I could, but I just don't have any time in my calendar. You know, it's our out. Or just think about many of our marriages, you know, my spouse and I barely see each other right now because we're just going from one thing to the next, or we're really focused on the kids right now, you know, whatever it may be. We don't want to slow down because if we do, we might start to actually feel. We want to avoid the pain. We want to avoid the uncertainty. And so like Bob Marley, we got to keep on moving, okay? You didn't think I was going to be able to do it, but I got in "Raging Against the Machine, <laughs> Nirvana, and Bob Marley. That's a record for me. Anyhow, um, I said at the beginning, whether we like it or not, we need someone to come into our system, our broken system from the outside. All of our efforts to control or change things only end up exaggerating the problem. That's what we've heard. It makes things worse. And so we're waiting on a word from outside of ourselves, some good news from somebody who actually can do something about it, somebody who actually has control. It's one of the primary differences between our idols in the actual true God. Our idols do nothing. You know, my phone or my car or whatever it is, it just sits there until I start working with it. It just sits there until I start messing with it. Our idols don't do anything. The golden calf didn't do anything. It only sat there and waited for the people of Israel to start worshiping it. This is the way our idols are. They need us to act. And what that means is that we are just literally left with ourselves when we're worshiping idols. You don't move on at all. You're stuck right where you started. We're just in denial. But the true God acts. He does not wait for us because he knows our situation. And he knows there's nothing we can do to fix it. So he comes after us. He comes after us. The problem is that we, like the Israelites, have horrible, horrible memories, and we forget this all the time, but thankfully, he never stops coming after you. Enter Jesus, God himself, okay, incarnate, in the flesh, on earth, talking to people, and he tells us that he is the good shepherd. This is the context of our gospel passage today. He is not deaf and dumb. He is not some lifeless idol. He is the God who spoke everything into existence. The creator himself. We heard that in our Colossians series earlier this year. That everything was created through him and by him and for him. He knows you. He created you. He knows you better than yourself. And he's not deaf. He hears your pain. He knows every single thing. The psalmist says that he captures all of our tears every last tear. he knows all of your pain he hears you and what does he do he comes after you he comes into your suffering he comes to walk through this life for you and it's not just that but he comes calling you that's what he's saying today the good shepherd who calls his sheep he comes calling you to himself And he makes you promises. He makes you promises that first he is your shepherd. And he knows you by name. And he calls you by name. And he promises you that you will know the sound of his voice. That you will hear it because you belong to him. And he will lead you in safety to green pastures. Now you might be thinking, how do you know, Sean? How do do you know that I'm going to recognize the sound of his voice? How will I know? I'm not sure. You You might be a little anxious about that. But I'll tell you why I know. It's because you're here right now. There is no accident. This is not a mistake that you're here at church today. The Lord has brought you here. He has used all of the different circumstances in your life to bring you to this point today so that you might hear his voice, so that you might hear this good news that he is your shepherd. And not just that, but that he is the door for you. He's the door for the sheep He's the one by whom we can go and go in and go out safely. That we come into the presence of the very God Almighty. By the grace of Jesus Christ. It's a picture of complete protection. That's what he's painting for you. For all of us. It's a picture of complete protection. He is the shepherd and the door. He came so that you might have what? Life. So you might have life And life more abundantly. That's a promise to you. This is a promise from the God who keeps promises. He is not like any of our idols. He's not something that we've created that sits around and waits for us to do something. Demanding more and more of us. Because that's what our idols do. Our idols are tools of the enemy. Which he says very clearly in this passage. That the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what our idols do. They just take Take, take. It's all on you. You got to keep giving it. Give, give, give. They take, take, take. Until they take away your, actually li- your actual life. Just think about it. We stop living when we are isolating, when we are escaping. We stop engaging with the people around us. You know, I'll do it, I'll sit there on my phone. And you know, just be lost in it. And my kids, oh Daddy, I want to show you something. I want to show. You. Oh, that's great, honey. Let me let me see it in a minute. This is what our idols do. They destroy relationships, they keep us distracted, and they keep us alone. They take, take, take. But Jesus comes to give. That's what he tells us today. He comes to give us life and life more abundant. He leads you to pastures where you're fed and where you're strengthened to where you're built up, he brings you into his fold. He's telling you that you're not alone. You're my sheep, and I'm bringing you into my fold, where there are many others. You're a part of my family. I'm giving you brothers and sisters in Christ. That's good news for those of us who have felt isolated, for those of us who have had broken families. Jesus is telling us, I'm giving you a new family. He's the God who gives. Unless you doubt this, he makes the most important promise of all right after this passage. He says that he is the good shepherd that lays down his life for his sheep. He gives you his own life. He gives you his life so that you may live. When the wolf comes for you, Jesus gives his life so that you might be spared. And this, all of this brings an end to our escapism, okay? Whether we, excuse me, when we hear these promises from Jesus, when we hear how good our Good Shepherd is, when we hear that He is the God who gives us life, our fears begin to subside. That compulsive need to try to control things starts to fade because we're safe. We don't have to be afraid of the times of waiting in our lives, we don't have to be afraid of when we're uncertain about things. You know, we're uncertain about what's ahead when we're waiting on God to lead us. Because we know that no matter where he leads, it's going to be the best thing for us. He's promised it. He says, I'll lead you into green pastures. I'll lead you beside still waters. This is the God we have. And we know that we're safe right now while we are waiting because of everything you just heard, because of his promises to us. We have his word. He's a God who speaks. He's a God who has let us know what he thinks about us. And he's a God that tells us he'll never let us go. Nothing can get to us unless it first goes through him. He is the shepherd. He is the door. And so this actually lets us feel. And maybe for the first time, I don't know about you, but I was very, very good at ignoring and stuffing my feelings. The thing I was a master at, I would just stuff my emotions. I thought emotions were... We're bad and scary, but they're just emotion. They're just emotions. They're just facts. All of us have them. I had a friend who said that your emotions are like the idiot lights on your dashboard when you're driving. All right, some of them they're indicators, right? They're indicators of what's going on with the system. Some of them you need to pay attention to right now, like the check engine light. When that one comes on, you need to pull over and deal with this emotion. You know, if you're gonna lose it on your kids, you need to pull over and uh, and see what's going on. Take stock of what's happening with you. But other ones are just minor annoyances, you know, like your washer fluid's low. So you can get through that emotion. We don't have to judge them. They actually tell us about what's going on with ourselves, they're indicators of where we are. And because Jesus is our safety, we can actually face them. We can face the things that we are feeling. We can face the pain that we have because of the brokenness we've experienced in life and the brokenness that we have caused. We can get honest. We don't have to run away anymore. All of the imagery that Jesus is using in this passage is completely consistent with what we heard him say to Paul last week, if you remember. He said to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. He's saying you're safe in me. You don't have to pretend anymore to be somebody you're not. You don't have to numb out. You don't have to run away. You know, you don't have to be afraid of your brokenness. You can bring it all to me. You can confess it to me because that is where my power shines. That's what he's saying. Wherever you are weak, you are strong because he is strong for you. That's where you know his forgiveness and his grace without a doubt. So, because he is our good shepherd, we don't have to hide anymore. He already knows it all. He has laid his life down for it. We can bring it all out into the open and find that he has already dealt with it. And we can confess it to one another. We can be honest with each other. We can own the things we've done to one another and ask for forgiveness. His forgiveness heals it all. I want you to hear this today. I want you to hear that you can stop. You can stop trying to escape. You can stop uh, trying to hide from the things that are hitting you in life. You can face whatever it is today, whatever it is that's overwhelming you today, the things that have been too big for you, because he promises you that he has it. That's his promise to you. He's already got it. You are forgiven. I want you to hear that from the Lord. You are forgiven. It's time to stop running. He says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I am your good shepherd. But he's saying to you, come to me. He's saying to you, come to me. So I want you to do that today. There are going to be prayer ministers available in the back during communion today. And uh, they are every Sunday. But I encourage you to go to them today. Take advantage of them and share whatever it is you've been running from. Share whatever it is that might be overwhelming for you right now. Share whatever it is that you might have been wanting to escape from take it to the Lord let them support you in prayer I encourage you to do that today it's why you're here it's why we come to church to have our burdens relieved to remember what he's done for us to not forget to be restored to be relieved to be set free he's calling you to come and to rest let's pray Lord Jesus we thank you for your grace We thank you for the fact that you are our good shepherd, that you are the door, that you are our safety, that we don't have to escape anymore, Lord. We can come before you. We can bring everything out into the open, knowing that you are the one who has dealt with it all. We ask, Lord, that you would do that in our lives. I pray that by the power of the Spirit, Lord, you would set us free from the burdens we're carrying, that we would bring them to you. And we thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen.